again to another episode of Pot on You Loons. Yeah, Pot on You Loons. Welcome back. I'm Sam. This is Justin. I'm Justin. I'm sad, Sam. I'm sad. In the group chat, I told you and I told you and James, I told you guys the life of a Minnesota sports fan is tough before the game. I said that this, this might happen. And what did James say? James said, they're good. They're a good team. They'll play well. What happened, Sam? It was a fun game. They lost. Uh, that That is what happened. I'm assuming every... Spoiler alert, right? The Loons lost. We'll go over that a little bit. Not too much, right? Like, I think this episode will give you, as Justin and I talk through it, We'll, we'll have some nice closure, right? We'll have some nice closure together. And we'll we'll just talk about some things coming up with the show. Next week, right, we're going to do our big back to EPL special episode. It's going to be crazy. We have like at least eight different people coming on, way more than eight different people coming on. Many of them local podcast hosts themselves coming on to talk about their favorite EPL team. It's going to be a crazy episode. Make sure to look out for that late next week. Man, yeah, let's let's just talk through this. Before we start being doom and gloom, I just have to say, like, it was pretty cool. I was driving to work yesterday morning, and I when I leave for work, it's still very dark out, and the, the Minneapolis skyline lit up in blue, right? Target Field was blue. The IDS was blue. Uh, that, that goofy building with, like, the video screens on the side of it was blue, right? Like, everything was blue, and I had to think, like, is... Is that on purpose? Is is that for Minnesota United? And then later I see on social media, yeah, that, that was for Minnesota United. That was cool. Yeah, it was, it was really cool to see this, the state kind of get behind the team, right? Like, obviously, like anytime, anytime you're that close to a championship, right? Like people are going to start to notice, start to tune in. I had friends that were texting me that, that had have nothing to do with the team and were trying to figure out where it was on TV uh, then they put it on FSN one or FS one or whatever, which I'm sure Sam will be in a hizzy about. Do you have that one? I have FS one. Yeah. Okay. You do have access to that one, but it was just, I don't know. It was, it was really cool to have people get excited about it. And I was excited too, Sam. It almost felt kind of surreal, right? Like it didn't feel like we were one game away from like the championship of this league. Right. And then I taste, uh, then I got excited and tasted it, that it was going to happen. And then it didn't happen, but it was still really, really fun. It was really it was fun. fun. And I hope that we and our show got to provide some fun to all of you. Shoot. Our last episode was by far our most listened to episode. It, it was crazy. I remember recording it. it. It was just me and you, right? It was just me and you. And then Cameron hopped on too. We recorded it on Friday. We and you were you were like Friday. nervous. You were like, ah, I don't like this idea because like who's gonna listen? But yeah, listen, Sam. Like listens are always lower over the weekend because people aren't commuting. And then there was only one weekday, right? There was only one weekday, Monday, for people to listen to it on their commute to and from work. And people were downloading it over the weekend, and then on Monday. The downloads were coming in like crazy. I, I, it was, I haven't, we've done this all season long. We've done this since March and gosh, that, that felt good. That felt really good. I hope all of you that discovered us are still here 
right, are still here yeah. for the doom and gloom. <laughs> I hope we sorry, don't. Sorry to, bum, sorry to be bummed at the beginning, but very thankful that you're here. Those of you that decided, you know, like you were excited enough about this team to listen to a podcast, maybe the first time people listening in, you were excited to listen in to kind of hear about this team. Hopefully, you came back and, and you know, you're listening to our recap because you're hopeful for the future like we are. Very thankful for people that listened. Absolutely. But let's get into some news. And we, we, we don't really need to talk much about the MLS Cup final, but it is set. Columbus Crew versus Seattle Sounders. It's on Saturday. Yeah. We'll see. I'll see what my I'll see what is going on in my life. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I had time in my schedule anyway, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much to do during a, a pandemic when your your state's in virtual lockdown, but could have done something or could do something instead, you know. Crazier news, right? Utah Royals of the NWSL just announced that they were sold to an ownership group from Kansas City. So they're moving. They're moving to Kansas City. Part of the ownership group is Brittany Matthews, the fiance of Patrick Mahomes, which did you realize she was a professional soccer player? In Iceland? I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, I I did not realize that either. Well, that's super cool because he, you know, he bought part of the Royals, right? So that that's cool. Team ownership. That's awesome. Putting those roots in Kansas. Mm Mm-hmm. He's gonna have four hundred and fifty million dollars that he's gonna earn from from their football team. So (laughs) have you followed the 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 story with the ownership out of Utah of Real Salt Lake, Real Monarch, Utah Royals. Have you followed that much? Uh, you talk about like the racist guy, the super racist guy that, that owned them? Wasn't he sexist? I, I read more that he was sexist. I think there's a lot of things going on, Sam. There's a lot of issues over with that ownership. I, I kept reading about just how hostile the environment was to female employees and the comments he'd make about like the appearance of his female players and things like that. And so dude, dude is selling his teams. It's, it's good, right? Like, we, we don't want a guy like that around. It sucks for those fans of the Utah Royals. Just because their owner was a D, they lost their team. <laughs> like, right. it's, not, it's not their fault. They didn't get to pick the owner, and now their team's gone. So, I don't know, man. Were you old enough to remember the North Stars moving? Do you? I, I mean, I was... I, I wasn't living here and I was very young. So no, like, I mean, that was, I mean, remember my dad being upset about it. My familiarity with them was the mighty ducks, right. Uh, as a person that wasn't living in this state. So, I mean, yeah, that it, you can see though, like I, talking to people from Minnesota, that was a huge thing to lose the team. I think most recently, like I still can't believe that the Oakland Raiders got moved to Las Vegas you know, you're talking about not saying that the the Utah Royals don't have a great fan base, but the Oakland Raiders fan base has to be one of the the most recognizable fan bases in all of sports, right? Like that section, what I what is it like? I can't remember what their their fan section was called, Black just hole or something, something like that. But like well known, right? Yeah. And they get moved, you know, because Las Vegas, right? Like wild. I almost wish James was on because the whole idea of professional franchises or not even franchises, professional clubs relocating over in Europe is pretty much unheard of. And if you ever want to look up a interesting story, look up shoot. Now it's called AFC Wimbledon, but the original team I think was called Wimbledon FC or something like that. And they were relocated 
to become the MK Dons. And mm. people were in a hizzy, hizzy about that. And the fans actually, the fans of the Wimbledon team that moved away, they more or less founded AFC Wimbledon as, as a Phoenix club, right? Like rising out of the ashes. Right. It, it's a very interesting story. And it's, as far as England goes, I think it's the only notable time a professional club was ever relocated. So check that one out if you haven't heard about that. But And usually, usually like if anything, right, it's like a folding in Europe, right? Like they're like, they just can't support the team, whatever financial collapse, but yeah, never really moving locations. Cause it's always about regional or locational heritage, right? Like that's, you support the team that you, you were born in that town. You lived in that town. The way that franchising happens in the United States is such a foreign concept to Europe, right? Well, and like in, in Europe, if you have this big city in Eastern Germany that doesn't have a professional team, you just buy an amateur team and pump a ton of money into <laughs> them and keep getting them promoted. Like it's your very own free FIFA career mode. And next thing you know, they're in the Champions League. So like that is an option for you if you're in Europe. Here, you have to buy some other city's team and move them somewhere. So, yeah, I don't know. Hey, anyway, Justin, you have a subscription to the athletics. So tell me about Don Garber. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess, you know, there was a, a pre MLS cup press conference that happened today. And Don Garber talked a lot about us, a lot of stuff, um, talked about, you know, collective bargaining and things, but a, a big thing that stuck out to me was that he said, that MLS revenue is down almost $1 billion since 2019, Sam. That is significant. That's a lot of cash. That is a lot of cash. So yeah, so uh, hopefully that doesn't mean uh, that doesn't mean any issues, you know, as far as the clubs go. I feel like, you know, they're money makers, right? I think it's just going to kind of have to be moving forward. Hopefully they make more money in the future. I don't think the league's going anywhere, Sam. I'm not worried about that. No, I and I've I've heard from a lot of pretty reputable people that no one's really worried about the MLS or any of its clubs having to fold. People are much more worried about USL clubs, possibly even N- NWSL clubs, clubs that don't have the backings of billionaire owners. Right in the MLS, everyone has the backing of a of a billionaire owner. Those clubs are going to be stable. They're going to ride out this storm. Right, like. The owners got into it as an investment. They knew that they weren't necessarily going to start turning a profit on these clubs right away. So riding out 2020 seems like something that they're prepared to do. Not so sure about those those smaller clubs. So that's why I, I think it's super important. Hey, you're looking for a Christmas idea for your family, friends, whatever. Support like that local USL club or NPSL club like Minneapolis City. Just support them, like buy their swag, give that out to your relatives, give that out to your friends. Because if the MLS is down a billion dollars, I don't want to know what USL is like. For sure. For sure. And we have another big piece of news, Sam, that I that I read in this article that came out you know, like an hour and a half ago. In, in your um, fancy athletic. Yeah. Shout out athletic. I think they might even be on a deal right now, Sam, where you can get like, I don't know, a dollar a month for a year. Maybe that's not happening. Maybe I'm lying. Who knows? Yeah, I really like the athletic. I had it, I had it for a lot of the lockdown, and then when I went back to work full time, I let it run out. 
I they think did, I gotta let just, this just... Apple TV subscription that I signed up for <laughs> and forgot to cancel. I think I gotta let that one run out first, and then maybe I can justify the athletic. What about your Star Tribune subscription that you you signed up for with me at a Loons game last year? Is that still running, or did you shut that down? I shut that down, but at least I got the free scarf out of it. <laughs> How many months did you have get the paper for? I think it was three. <laughs> there you go. I think it was three. I should have just bought a scarf. You probably should have just bought a scarf, but you were like, this is the deal. And all, what did you say? Like, you're like, I'll cancel it for sure. Sam, this is like, this might be, this is the second time at least since I've known you or since we've been hanging out more and more that you have told me, don't worry, I'm going to cancel this thing. And then you don't cancel it. (laughs) (laughs) So that, that, uh, so that particular incident, right. I had, ran right over to Allianz Field to meet you right after work because I worked close to about to Allianz Field and didn't feel like driving home to Plymouth. And I forgot my scarf. And like, I, I have quite a few scarves and don't have any fancy display case like Nate does. I, they're just nicely folded inside a cupboard. And I knew that my wife was going to roll her eyes, not be mad at me, not uh, disapprove, but she was going to roll her eyes if I would have bought another scarf just because I forgot mine at home. So I was like, well, if it was free, then I could be like, oh, don't worry, it was free and uh, not so free. <laughs> so long. Uh, anyway, what I was getting to, according to The Athletic, big piece of information for our club. So multiple sources are saying that uh, the United are expected to sign Will Trap uh, when free agency starts soon. Uh, so if you don't know who Will Trapp is, he's a 27-year-old central or central defensive midfielder. Uh, he's a longtime member of the Columbus crew, 206 caps, 195 starts, where he was a captain at the age of 20. I mean, he wasn't always the captain, but he had a he often wore the the captain armband, uh, including being a teammate with Ethan Finlay, captaining the t- 2015 MLS Cup team. Uh, he's currently a free agent. After spending last season at Inter Miami, uh, where he played in 21 games and had six or 16 starts, uh, 18 caps for the U.S. Men's National Team in 2018-2019, and mo- many of those times he was the captain as well. A nice piece, I think, you know, headed our way, uh, makes me think that it might be the end of the end of the road for our time with Ozzy Alonso. Turns out today was the uh, the deadline for his options, so we don't know yet whether or not they've accepted or declined it. But we should find out soon whether or not that happened. You know, we talked a lot about on the show whether the time was up. He only played in ten games this year. Pretty hobbled when he played during the regular season, but I think he played well in the playoffs. Sam, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I mean. I think if you go back and listen to the episodes where Cameron from Seattle came on, which as bummed as we are that Minnesota United lost and as much as we don't really like Seattle, like happy for our friend Cameron. He was pretty excited, happy for that guy. But he was talking a lot about Ozzy Alonso and he was even talking about how he was in like a special Zoom with Ozzy Alonso and members of like their 2016 or whatever championship team. And Ozzy had made some comments about his future and how he was unsure how long he could keep going. I think last year, right? Like last year, we didn't really see him slowing down at all. This year we did. And 
That's got to be frustrating. That's got to be hard for him. He seems like he still wants to keep playing. I I don't know. Like we were psyched to see him starting yesterday, right? If we would have won, we would have wanted to see him back in the starting lineup for the MLS Cup final. For sure. So he obviously still has something in the tank. It's just, does he have something left to offer on a consistent basis? And yeah, probably not. So you can't go into next year assuming that Ozzy Alonso is going to play even the majority of your games. you got to have that plan. And if you think that Hassani Dotson is your plan, then that's your plan. If you think that Hassani Dotson can't be that plan, Jeremy, a couple episodes ago on Pod on You Loons, was talking about how Hassani Dotson, given his versatility, too valuable to just glue down to the number six spot. So Jeremy was very high on the idea of the loons going out and finding a number six. I guess it's just what route do you want to go? They both make sense. Yeah. And you know, it's nice to get someone established like trap, you know, a guy that's been in that leadership role before, you know, so cause Ozzy is our captain, right. Or w- when he plays, he wears that, that armband, not saying that that's what traps going to go in and do right away, but it's good to get a, a guy with that kind of leadership experience Maybe long-term it is Dotson's job, but if anything, you got a guy that's had a lot of experience. He represented the nation internationally, you know, a bunch of times and been the captain for the team. It feels like a good, feels like a good pickup for me. Now I did, I did Sam, I, even though I am like on a, on a Twitter, like hiatus a little bit, I don't have it on my phone anymore. I did make the mistake of looking looking into some loons Twitter and there are many people that aren't very big fans of this move. (laughs) I actually have not looked through much loons Twitter today. Just, I mean, this is brand new news, so it'll come up, but you know, I don't know. I'm I'm excited for it. I I think that, you know, Dotson's the long-term guy probably at that position, but it's so great to have him be a versatile dude that we can, we can plug and play anywhere. Right. And how much did he start this year? when that wasn't necessarily going to be his role going into the season. I don't have the numbers in front of me. He started pretty much every game. And if he didn't start, it seemed like he was getting subbed in in like, well, like yesterday he got subbed in in the first half. Happened a lot, whether it was right back, whether it was in the central midfield. He played a lot this year. Let's talk about the Western Conference final. Let's rip this off. Get a little closure. Don't worry, we're, we're not going to go like, okay, in the fifth minute, this happened. And then in the six and a half minute, this happened. We're, we're not going to do that. This is going to be pretty brief. We're just going to talk about it. And then we're going to put a bow on it. And we're going to be done. Because it's okay. We had fun. And you know what? I had more fun last night than any sporting Kansas City fan did last night. I'm happy. I am happy. You guys, in your pregame poll, and again, I think our friend Cameron in Seattle hacked it a little bit. Not hacked it, but hijacked it a little bit. A lot of Seattle people voted. 62% of the people that voted believed that Seattle was going to advance. 60% of the people, though, also thought that New England would advance. That didn't happen. 40% went for Columbus and 
even though it was on the Pod on You Loon's official Twitter, only 38% of people felt that Minnesota United would advance. Again, a big part of that is probably Cameron and his Gorilla FC hijacking our poll again. But anyway, we come out rocking the same lineup that we used against Sporting Kansas City. Why not? It worked well. Dane St. Clair, Gasper, Debossi, Boxy, Metnair, Ozzy, Jan, Molino, Reynoso, Finlay, and Robin Lud up top. Of course, Dotson comes on relatively early for Metnair. Kamara comes on for Ethan Finlay, actually prior to the goal avalanche that would come out. And then Aaron Schoenfeld in for Robin Lud way at the end. I guess the only other thing I would note is that this would not be the Miguel Ibarra revenge game because Miguel Ibarra not even on the bench for Seattle. One good thing was Minnesota United was not off to their typical slow start. We were not just terrified in the opening 15 minutes. If, if anything, I thought our defense looked, looked like we were holding them pretty well. It was the 27th minute that things started picking up a little bit where Seattle's Shane O'Neill slides right into Ethan Finlay, given a yellow, not a red. It sounded like it was debatable. It definitely looked like it was debatable. Did they look at it? I can't remember. I don't know if the, did the ref or did, maybe from above, maybe like wherever their central command station looked at it. I, I believe it was looked at and they thought it wasn't clear and obvious enough to overturn. Cause Stu Holden was very convinced. Like he was like, I would give that a red, right? He was, but then he was like, I can see how, if you didn't give one immediately mm. that when you're just watching the video, because it, ha- it had to do with the amount of force. And that is so subjective. And that's hard to prove on a video. So maybe we were we were frustrated in that moment. But it wasn't for long, Sam. Because what happened? No, because there next. was a $5 million kick. Beauty. That was a beauty, man. That was... It was oof. beauty. Right, like I said, I had fun last night. That was sweet. I think everyone got to see how good he was. Like everyone got to see how good Emmanuel Reynoso is. And He's really good. He's really good. And I think that like I can be bummed like a lot about, you know, I mean, because obviously like who knows if we're going to have the opportunity to get in this position again, right? To be that close to a final. But I think one of the things that can be super promising is that we got we got a really good player, Sam. Like he's he's the best player in the team. So he he's and, really good. And, There's probably Sporting Kansas City podcasts that when they preview Minnesota United, their entire preview is Emmanuel Reynoso is good. For sure. All right. We previewed Minnesota United. What's next? (laughs) What's next on the agenda? Oh, for sure. So, yeah. So, free kick, one nothing loons. We are pumped. We are so pumped. And that was the, so that was the first time, Sam, they said this on the broadcast. It was like, that's the first time we've ever had a free kick goal in our team history. What? Yeah. I don't think that's true. Or from like that specific position, maybe like whatever that's called. I don't know. I mean, like, I think I, I want to say that Greg Goose had something, but like, I don't know. It's so sounds like this might be our first ever direct free kick goal. Maybe it is. Huh? A little bit more of a buzz kill around the 35th minute. Matt Nair hurt. He said, Justin, it looked like a hamstring. 
Yeah, I mean, he he was like favoring it. He went off on the side. It looked like he got maybe like some some tape or something. But then just like the way he where he was grabbing and the way he was acting, it felt like a hammy to me. Which I was anyway. super bummed because yeah, guys, I was like, uh, like that's that's a that's it for him. That's the season. Dotson comes on for him and gets the, has the pleasure of guarding Jordan Morris. And we we go into the first half up 1-0. Second half starts off a little bit nervy. Rui Diaz has a goal called back early on by VAR. VAR did come to the rescue on that one. Looks yeah, like, like Rui Diaz Boxall. had knocked over Michael Boxall. Even though he's like half the size, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure Michael, Michael Boxall let himself go down a little bit there. But still, still a foul, right? Still can't play like that. No, he cannot. And then, man, another goal with Reynoso involved in the 67th minute. A Reynoso free kick that's headed in by Debassi, making it 2-0. And it's it's like, start the celebration. Start oh, the man, celebration. I, oh. But- oh, Sam, I was, man, I was so pumped. It was so pumped. I mean, like, and like you said, I mean, like we talked about off air. We know about a two no. We know that a two no, nothing lead is is a tough one, but like you still got to be like the way the game had been going to that point. I mean, granted, like there were moments where Seattle looked like they were going to score, and they always looked like a, a threatening team. But we were just we were getting the saves. You know, Dane Sinclair was doing. I mean, he wasn't getting the saves. I think he only had like maybe like two or three saves. But they just we were doing a good job defending. We were making them have to take tough shots. They weren't capitalizing. It was just, we were just feeling good, man. Uh, feeling so good. Now let's just go through this really quick. 75th minute, Will Bruin makes it 1-2. Gets a deflection off of Michael Boxall. Is able to hit it in. 89th minute, Rui Diaz makes it 2-2. It was off a corner, right? Both of the final two goals were off of corners, right? How many total corners did they have, Sam? It was a lot, man. It was a lot. Like in a normal, like if we would have pulled this off, right? I would be, I would have all this information in front of me. (laughs) They had a lot of corners. So many corners, Sam. They had a lot of corners. Oh, man. Anyway, 89th minute, their big DP striker, Rui Diaz, makes it 2 2. And then the 93rd minute, their number 10 DP. Assists Fenson for the game-winning goal, and Seattle wins 3-2. Yeah, their their DPs made an impact tonight. And, right, we have DPs also, but we only have one that is valued at the level of their three, of their three big DPs. Thomas and we have one that we never see. <laughs> yeah, Thomas Chacon's not really doing much. He's on the bench again. We don't see him very much, do we? We don't. And both Chacon and Gregush, I'm I'm a Gregush guy. I I'm I'm happy with Gregush. No complaints about Gregush. But he could be a Tam player, right? Like we could buy him down the same way we bought down Angelo Rodriguez last year. Like he could be bought down. We really have one true DP. Seattle has three, and that does make a difference. It made a difference in this crazy, crazy improbable comeback. Ray Diaz and Ladero, they were shining. And they it, and they were was. shining the whole they were shining the whole game, Sam. I mean they were, yeah. 
I, I mean, like I would say, like what it comes down to is, is our team ran out of gas, you know, and, and they talked about at the beginning, like, is it, you know, bringing out pretty much the same lineup that we had last time we played, you know, on kind of short rest, you know, you could definitely tell at the end of the game that we were out of gas and they weren't, you know, they were, they were firing on all cylinders at that, that end of the game. So much momentum, so much energy in their direction. Uh, it was just, just, it obviously was too much to overcome. So, Justin, do you think that this was the Minnesota sports fan experience or was it a little bit different because the Loons are only four years into the MLS and they were, right, they were the underdog tonight? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I will joke about the Minnesota sports thing and, you know, it's just an easy thing to kind of fall, fall back upon when things happen. Um because it's like, oh, this is all. This always happens to us. But I, I don't know. I, I think that this team, this team was the underdog. All of the lead up, Sam, was all about how they were going to make it back to back, and that's what they were striving for. You know, the beginning of the game, which you you made a joke in our chat that like they didn't even have a pregame show. It was poker until what, like five minutes before the game started. But but all of their pregame, Sam, was about Seattle Sounders and what they were trying to accomplish. And then they had just a little sliver about, oh, by the way, the loons are hot. Like, I don't think, I don't think anyone going into this, even including us, right? Like, I think we've kind of taken a, a, an approach where each playoff game, we're just happy to see them move forward. You know, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that we lose three to two in the Western Conference Finals, I think that we both would be in agreement that that's success, right? And that's yeah. this team moving in the correct direction. Now, if you tell me that, well, we were up to nothing with, with 75 minutes to go, uh, that's going to bum me out. But I think that this team, this team overperformed this year. Considering that they did all of this with without the goalkeeper of the year and the defender of the year that we had last year in in what was was another you know overcoming expectation season uh that led us to you know the playoffs for the first time in team history losing in the first round to LA Galaxy but i think this team this team shocked the league a little bit right like getting to this point Emmanuel Reynoso wasn't even on this team until when right like we didn't have him until midway through the season and yeah, like well into the summer after the MLS is back tournament. So, you know, I, I think that this, yes, obviously like lose, like Minnesota losing a big game is, is definitely going to continue to just get added to the, added to the, the, the collection of these, these type of losses. But I, I, I don't know. I don't think we, sh- I don't need to, we, I don't think we need to throw the United in that bucket. Cause I don't know if that was even the thing that people were talking. I mean, I was talking about it, Sam, but like, I don't know if people are like, oh, this is going to happen again, you know, but it's just an easy thing for people to fall back upon when it does happen. Yeah. I've, I've lived here now for 10 years, though. I, I was a student in Eau Claire living with a lot of Minnesotans and uh, dating a girl from Minnesota prior to that. So that, that makes it almost seem like it's been a little bit longer, but, and then, and then I have a lot of people don't realize this about me. My mom's entire side of the family is from Minnesota. So even though I grew up in Madison, I grew up with a Twin Cities connection. And like, I I remember being in Wisconsin 
and watching, was it 1998 or 1999, the Gary Anderson missed field goal? Yep. Yeah. Doesn't matter the year. Doesn't matter the year. Late 90s. I remember watching that. And what I remembered about it was everyone just assumed that the Vikings were going to the Super Bowl. I remembered visiting the Twin Cities around Christmas time and the Will Smith song Miami was pretty popular at the time. And the Super Bowl was in Miami that year. And I remember KDWB or whatever had like a, a parody of that song about the, the Minnesota Vikings were going to Miami, right? Going to the Super Bowl in Miami. Like it was just such a foregone conclusion that the Vikings were going. And then they're denied off a missed field goal by a kicker that never missed, right? Like that is Minnesota heartbreak. What What's the record for the twins as far as their postseason losses? Sam, I don't keep these numbers in the back of my head because I just want to, you know, I just, I, I like to think positively and hope that we can break it, but it's been a long time. I mean, they've, they haven't won a series uh, since the early 2000s uh, when they broke up the money ball, the money ball run by Billy Beans, Oakland A's. But yeah, I mean, they just, there just hasn't been a really good run, you know, multiple NFC championship game losses for the Vikings, whether it's the the twins not being able to win in the playoffs recently or just in, in, you know, the last decade or so that's been kind of a reoccurring thing. But I mean, like other than that, like, I don't know, I can't really think of any other things. I mean, like maybe like underperforming of the wild, but they haven't had like a quintessential Minnesota meltdown moment. I think the big ones that people think about, and even I think that the, the twins ones kind of growing some steam but I think that like Gary Anderson's the one like that's number one, you know, 40, 40, yeah, that that's like, that one sucked. That one sucked a lot. 2009 was a big one. 41 donut was a big one. You know, everything aligning with the Vikings potentially going to the Super Bowl when they, when we hosted it. Right. Like, and then we go to Philly, you know, which I mean, also that, that can be attributed to just like the massive, uh, adrenaline rush that was the Minneapolis miracle the week before. Right. And like that happens a lot, but yeah, I don't know if this, this definitely isn't up there with that. It's, it's a heartbreaking moment, but you know, it's the defending cup champions who are also just always involved in the playoffs, always make deep runs. I didn't know much about MLS before I was like went to loons games and was a loons fan, but I knew about the Seattle Sounders and what their history was. Um, this is just us losing, obviously, like losing a big dramatic loss to a really good team. And like, and you got to be careful about this, right? Because you think about some of these young teams that reach the top of the mountain and then just never come back, right? Like Russell Wilson wins the Super Bowl in his second season. Hasn't been, or he was back and then lost in dramatic fashion, but hasn't won another one since. Aaron Rodgers wins the Super Bowl in his third year as a starter. Hasn't been back since. Peyton Manning. Think about how great Peyton Manning is. He won one Super Bowl when he was in his prime, and then he won a second Super Bowl because he was on a team that had a really good defense. Oh, their defense was so good. And there was that year, there was actually a conversation about whether or not the Broncos should be playing Brock Osweiler instead of Peyton Manning, right? Like 
just because you have accomplished something relatively early on, that doesn't mean it's necessarily a sign of things to come. But I am optimistic that for Minnesota United, this isn't the case, right? Because we've been in, in just barely over a year, we've been in a U.S. Open Cup final. We've been in the semifinal of the MLS's back tournament. And now we've been in the Western Conference final. That's three big time chances at winning silverware. And we're only four years into this project. And, and Emmanuel Reynoso, he set the record for most assists in the, in a, in the playoffs, right? Like, yeah, like he's a really good player, Sam. And I think that that's, that's like the difference maker, right? Like in soccer, you can have a guy that just puts you above, you know, he makes everyone like we know we've already seen this, right? He makes everyone around him better. And obviously like he needs to stay healthy, knock on wood. Um, and he needs to stay here, right? Like who knows? I'm sure, I'm sure that there will be steam, but I don't know if it's enough this year to lose Emmanuel right now. So I bet I'm sure there's going to be a couple more seasons with him at, at, you know, that 10 position for us. And I think that, I think that he puts us in position and I'm sure, you know, and that's even without, without a proper number nine, right? I would not be surprised if one of our acquisitions is a top flight number nine. Whether it's, you know, making something work with Amaria or it's someone outside the organization, I think we're set for success. You know, we're a team that's going to score goals now. And that wasn't necessarily the case last year. Yeah, and, and that has to happen. We'll, we'll go further in detail on what we think is going to happen in the offseason, the big questions we have, the answers that we're looking for. And just kind of our overall outlook on the team. We'll go over that in a couple of weeks. As we said, our, our very next episode will be our back to EPL preview because our eyes will be back on the English Premier League. But the MLS Cup Final, man, coming up Saturday, December 12th. The three-seed Columbus is hosting the Western Conference two-seed Seattle. Likely the final game at Map Free Stadium in Columbus which I always forget that stadium opened in 1999. So not that long ago, but it's significant because it was the first soccer specific stadium in the United States. And man, like think about this prior to Allianz field, the loons played in TCF bank stadium, which hosts 50 can, can hold 50,000. And the loons were filling, you know, just shy of half of that Columbus crew in the nineties, their first few seasons playing in Ohio stadium that can hold a hundred thousand. And I'm just assuming they weren't getting a full 20,000. Imagine that man. That'd be crazy. But they're that old stadium being repurposed into their training facility. And they're moving into a brand new stadium closer to downtown Columbus. So a big game for the final, the final game at that stadium. Too bad. No one's going to be allowed to come. But yeah, man, we knew this was going to be a short episode. No one wants to dwell on this too long. Hope we were able to kind of offer some closure, help you guys talk this out a little bit, talk through some of this pain. Not much for the big CF. I mean, Michigan cancels on Ohio State, so now Ohio State can't play in the Big Ten title (laughs) unless the Big Ten changes the rules or something, which would be totally big CF worthy. Oh, for sure. As someone that does not like Ohio State, I just think that's kind of funny. 
But yeah, our, our next episode, we're going to be recording it next week. It's like, typically we release our episodes earlier in the week. This one will likely be a either late Wednesday night or Thursday night release. And it's because, man, we have so many different people coming on, talking about their EPL team, getting you all ready to, wh- whether you've been paying attention to the EPL all season long, whether you're looking to get back into it to get your soccer fix now that the loons are done, or whether you haven't given it a try but are up for it, I think this is going to be a really fun episode for you. You know, we're gearing it towards all kinds of fans. So it's going to be fun. And like I said, you're going to hear some familiar voices from a lot of other notable loons podcasts. Uh, if, if you listen to more than just ours, which I don't know why you would, right? Like we're all you need, but I, I, it's going to be a good one. And then, yeah, man, after that, Justin and I will be back into doing off season episodes. James, you'll probably get James in on that rotation too. I don't, I don't know, Justin, we have honestly, we haven't talked about this yet. I think for sure we'll talk. I'm, I'm sure we'll, you know, obviously as as big news happens, that might be, you know, the kind of call to action, right? Like, hopefully we don't have another Reynoso watch <laughs> situation on our hands. You know, maybe we'll like know emergency pods all the time. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe you know, we we yeah. Who knows? We'll come up with a plan, but obviously we'll talk about when big things happen. Uh, it sounds like the the next seasons they're trying to have it start normal normal time right in March. You know, it might just be a little short off season for us. You know, coming together when when big things happen. We'll see. We'll talk about it. We'll get back to you. We we will. And I, I honestly I love doing the pod. I don't love editing the pod. I really want a break from Twitter. <laughs> I really want a break from Twitter. It's good. It's good to be away from Twitter. Yeah. So I, I got to figure out if, if I'm okay, just putting it in like a, like on page three of my home screen, or if I need to keep <laughs> the app like you did, I right. really want to break from Twitter. This has been a bad year for Twitter. For sure. Well, yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for talking this through. It was a good run, man. I'm really happy about the season. I, I am too. I am too. And I'm psyched for next season and hopefully we can go. Hopefully. Maybe, maybe I'll even bring my daughter to her first game. There you go. All right. Pot on you loons. Pot on you loons. <laughs>